So we have a couple of guests on the show, and I want to introduce them. But for the for the cold open this week, uh, feel free, guests, to to speak with us, and then we'll introduce you after I do our fake theme song. But we actually have like some actual Star Trek business to discuss. Yeah, that's right. There's been a lot of a lot of recent announcements. So yeah, so we record uh, as we've said before, like we re- we record these about two months before they come out, usually more or less. And so this episode is coming out in June, but we recorded it like about like five or so days after, uh, but six days after uh, first contact day, uh, where like every like franchise now it seems like has like a fake holiday based around <laughs> it's like Star Wars Day is May the fourth, and and uh, so first contact day is. Uh, for Star Trek is April 5th because at some point, not even super long in the future anymore, I don't think, uh, on April 5th is when humans meet uh, Vulcans for the first time. Um, and so they have that they have a bunch of like you know information uh, drops at that time you know and and so uh, this is, will be old news to people who like follow Trek stuff I think probably by the time that this episode comes out but you know if you get all of your Trek news from us I guess I'm sorry but also uh, all of the stuff is still coming out in the future from when from from when this episode comes out so I thought it was worth uh, talking about because um, there's it's kind of I mean you know, tell me what you think uh, Brady but like it's kind of been sort of a, a drought on Trek information lately, you know, like, I, mean, I guess it wasn't Yeah, that there were a lot of that. things that, like, we knew were in the works, but no actual, like, announce, like, you know, they said, like, eventually we're going to make this show, but it hasn't been any actual, like, content about any of it. Yeah, and so uh, they, we, I'll kind of, like, go through them quickly in the order of, like, I would say least to most, like, information slash uh, interest. Um, so the, the first piece of information is just that Star Trek Prodigy is still being worked on, <laughs> um, but yep. uh, they showed they showed an image today or that, at, that, at that event of Janeway in, um, like, what Janeway is going to look like in the, in the episodes for the first time, because I don't know if the two of you, Nicole and Galen, have, have are aware of this, but this 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 is a like a kids focused Star Trek show that's going to come out on Paramount Plus that uh, is about a bunch of aliens who find like a derelict star Starfleet vessel and start going on adventures on it. Um, but then Kate Mulgrew is returning to voice uh, Janeway on it from Voyager. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Although yeah. I did I did read I think it, at the same time they released that image they made the announcement that she's actually just uh like a hologram of oh, Janeway. Oh, okay. Yeah, which this is like one of like the nerdiest bits of like Star Trek ephemera we've probably ever talked about but so did you see the image Brady of her? Yeah, I did. Um, so she's wearing her uniform that she wears in uh in Voyager which uh, as you know, is the image that they that like is like the, the the image that Starfleet people wear like during kind of like the Deep Space Nine period, but then they change it partway through Deep Space Nine and they keep it the same way throughout all of Voyager because the people on Voyager wouldn't know that they've changed uniforms. But then when they get back, presumably they do change. And in fact, I think we do see that they have changed because I think we see Vo- Janeway in one of the TNG movies and she's wearing like the new like gray on top yeah, uniform. Yeah, like that. And so I was like, why you know why is this hologram have her old uniform on it like this like is it just because like they're saying like well Janeway was never better than when she was the captain of the because she becomes an admirable later it's not like she quits Starfleet after right. she gets home uh, but that was kind of like a, a, a just like a, an odd little thing but I definitely am still excited for that that show to happen it's also going to be I think last before since last time we talked about it it's also going to be the people on the ship are it's an all alien cast which is never 
they've never even like gotten close to doing that in a different Star Trek show. So that's kind of exciting is, too. Because this is for kids, and they're going to have an all alien cast. Is this an animated show, or is this? Yes, it okay. is. Yeah, it's three uh, like, D animated. Yeah, it's very, very like kind of. It seems like you know modern kids show animation style. Uh, sort of like a Star yeah, Trek like a th- Rebels kind of thing, but with I mean Star Wars Rebels yeah. King, but with Star Trek. Yeah, that's what that's what it's looking it's looking like. So we'll see. I'm, I'm hopeful about it. I you know I have a couple kids, and I'm hoping that I can yeah. trick them into watching it with yeah, me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> The second piece of news is that Star Trek or Discovery Season 4 is just coming out this year sometime, uh, which we didn't know before. Um, I I watched the trailer for it, and it, it's just kind of mostly people talking about things in, like, vague, like, kind of portentous terms, which is, like, pretty on brand for Discovery. Uh, it seems like there might be something to do with, like, some kind of a anomaly that moves across the galaxy affecting people's, like, uh, affecting, like, the, the gravity of different places. Uh, it might be, like, a plot point there but they haven't really announced anything and they don't they don't have a release date for it or anything like that and uh and then the third thing this is, so i think the, the last two things are the things that are like really exciting uh for for us uh, so the third thing is that they announced that picard is coming back next year because they had to stop a production for covid reasons but that the what that that they and you know picard you know i weren't super big fans of it but yeah. they announced they announced that uh john delancey is returning to appear as Q in uh, in at least one episode of Picard. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. Which is super yeah. exciting because Q rocks. <laughs> I mean, they made it seem like he'll be like sort of the main. I don't know because the the teaser is. I mean, the teaser is really nothing. It's it's basically just like shows Picard's like winery and there's a he's like talking about like time and undoing his mistakes and there's like a playing card that's a queen and then everything like disintegrates except for the letter Q. So it makes it seem like he's like the main thing of that season, but maybe it's just the one they're most proud of. I don't know. I'm, I I, I hope, I hope he's in a good, a good amount of it. Well, you know, there's also been like the rumors that, uh, that Whoopi Goldberg is coming back to reprise Guinan. And there's like one episode, I think of, of TNG where it's kind of, they kind of state that that Guinan is also an immortal being who, or some kind of an, like long-lived being who has had a lot of interactions with, or has interacted with Q's race like prior to the events of the show. So I wouldn't be surprised if like she's on and there's like some kind of a they have a history, you know, to talk about kind of a thing there too, which could be could be fun. Yeah, that would make sense. And then the last the last piece of information that is like actual like actionable uh, information <laughs> is that Lower Decks is coming back uh, on August twelfth, which is very exciting because yeah. uh, we both have, have either of you two watched Lower Decks at all. I love it. I love. Lower I have Decks. not. It's so great. Okay. I love it's, it so it's, much. It's so fun. Awesome. <laughs> it's so so good. I. It's so it, good. It's one of those things that. Pretty much as soon as it came out and I watched it, I was like, I know that there are going to be some like Star Trek purists that hate this, but my gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's um, it's it's so good. It looks like uh, Jonathan Frakes is coming back to, oh, yes. to reprise Riker at yes. some point, and yeah, yes. it's, oh man, oh my gosh, it's, yes. That, yeah, that show is so good. Actually, they actually also announced uh, around that same time that that the show has been picked up for a third season too. So, oh, excellent! Uh, they'll be they'll be returning. It's I, I know Nicole, you're uh, not Nicole. Sorry, I know Caitlin that you're not as uh, into Trek as as some of us on the call, but. <laughs> uh, so it, it, but, your mileage may vary, but like it's super, it's super like the more you know of Trek, like the the more like delightful yes. Lower Decks yeah. is. It's yeah. like a fun show anyways, though. So I, I like I watched it yeah. with Lisa and she like has, has not seen really any Star Trek in decades, but she had a great time. She really enjoyed it too. So I did just start uh, a Star Trek RPG 
thing with some work friends. And so I will have oh, cool. to be brushing up on my Star Trek in order to, to interact properly in that the character I made up, uh, I did a little bit of randomization. So she is human because I'm playing on easy mode for myself, but she was raised on a Trill home world. So I'm or on oh, a Trill world. Okay. So I'm like, oh, no, now I have to go like watch more of DS9. So I remember what <laughs> the Trill have going on. <laughs> or as I call them as a child, the leopard face lady. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, there actually is a, in the third season of Discovery, there is a uh, character who, a, a human character who, for various, uh, because of various circumstances, gets a Trill symbiont uh, implanted in them. Uh, so, you know, that could happen to you, maybe. I don't, I don't know, but. <laughs> but that's, 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 that's cool. What, what, uh, is it just like the Star Trek, like the, the, the current Star Trek uh, RPG? I or? think it is. Um, I think we're playing okay. TNG era, if I remember correctly. So we've only done awesome. like character creation in our very first uh, session. So okay, <laughs> well, awesome. Well, if you do go back and watch uh, DS Nine, like it's it's uh, it might it takes a little bit, I think, but I, ultimately I find it to be a treat. I think so. I will probably enjoy it a lot more as an adult than when I was a kid, and like I could watch Voyager, which had exciting things happening all the time, or I could watch DS Nine, which just seemed like a lot of people talking. <laughs> DS Nine is definitely like the most like yeah like the but most I, like adult. Of, yeah, you know, beyond, but I like, remember like loving Worf, so I have to watch it for Worf alone, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. If you want, if you got to, it gotta takes start a while to get to Worf. Then, yeah. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard, and I'm Brady Jungle. And this uh, week, we have a couple of friends with us. We have Caitlin and Nicole from That's Not How Science Works. Hi! Hello! Hooray! The two of you were on uh, last year around this time, and I kind of was thinking, oh, it'd be fun if we just kind of tried to do this like every June-ish or so. But uh, for, for people who, who didn't hear that episode, can you guys tell us a little bit about uh, your show? Sure. Uh, we talk about bad science and media. Uh, that's that's basically the thing. Uh, unlike you guys that have more of a coherent premise, we just we started with talking about the Flash, and then Caitlin didn't like that, so then we <laughs> talked about Lost in Space. Neither of us liked that, and in between all of those things, we've done uh, various movies. Uh, we've we have a lot of friends who are scientists who we've invited onto the show. Well, scientists or engineers. I guess some people have taken objection to being defined as a scientist when they're an engineer, but we've had STEM people on the show to talk about uh, movies with us, which are always really fun. Um, if you you are looking for an entry point into our show i would recommend we have a great episode on geostorm that we did with our friend who is a literal rocket scientist um i really enjoyed our episode on the core which um we did with a uh, geophysicist friends of mine and we have a couple of episodes on godzilla which is yes. uh, i think fairly timely right now uh which we have done with our friend medikin who is uh, uh, a kaiju. <laughs> she, is a kaiju. <laughs> she is, yeah. So she can tell us all about the kaiju society and things like that. Um, no, she she um, she does like uh, she's a nuclear on, engineer. Yeah, she's a nuclear engineer who does okay. stuff on like power plants and stuff. So so she creates so kaiju. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, she knows all about the things like the like in the first Godzilla where the the like those those monsters are just like yes. chewing on those. Yes, exactly. Like she she had a lot stuff. to yes. say about that. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, awesome, awesome. So this is kind of a fun, uh, I think, could be a fun uh, episode for us to discuss just from like a different kind of a dynamic thing. Because last year, uh, we talked about an ep- like the finale of the first season of Star Trek Discovery, which at the time, I think I was the only person who had seen any of it maybe Kaylin maybe had you seen like a little bit of it before I had or no seen, I can't remember so they had shorts that they like used before they actually started oh, yeah, the season yeah, yeah. and I had seen one of the shorts <laughs> okay but the, now this show is for for we're doing we're, this time we're doing a uh, season one episode three or four depending on how your uh, player kind of charts it uh, called uh, of of Enterprise called Strange New World and we've done I think what five episodes before this of Enterprise I should know that we just talked about this like two episodes we did, ago yeah we did just have this conversation and tried to count but, them up yeah yeah but um so that's all we've seen and and I believe the two of you have you know maybe it's been a while but the two of you have both watched. You could say More it's Enterprise been a long time. <laughs> yes! It's been a long, it's been a long yeah. road getting long from road. there to yes, here. Yeah, there you go. It's been a long <laughs> time, but the time is finally near. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the, the two of you both watched a, f- a fair amount of the show, right? Yeah, yeah I've... I think, Caitlin, you've seen more than I have. I possibly. So here's the problem. I think that I watched like at least three seasons when it was actively airing. That was also quite a long time ago. And the sum total of things I remember is not that much. But I did notice while watching this episode that... I'm pretty sure like it tripped something in my brain and pretty pretty early in the episode I was like, oh, this is what's happening. And then it was actually what's happening. So like my brother's like, well, you just guessed, didn't you? And I was like, listen, I like to take pride in being able to guess, but I think that my brain actually remembered. <laughs> but I heard that you guys have already watched the episode with the most useless thing I remember, which is that the British guy is allergic to pineapple, but also loves pineapple. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that was, our... I think, that, was that the first the one first we Watched, I think. Yeah. Do I remember literally anything else from that episode? No. Primary plot of the episode? No idea. That but I saw that British guy and I was like, the pr- he's the one who's allergic to pineapple. <laughs> well, the primary plot was like, it's just like so generic. It's just like they see some aliens and then the aliens attack them and they have better technology. And so they're kind of like, what do we do? And then the aliens just kind of go away at the end. <laughs> yeah. They like have to like, how do we change our technology to make it better? Okay, let's do that. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but probably an equal amount of runtime of that episode, though, is given to the whole figuring out that that Malcolm is allergic to pineapple. Yeah, because yeah, they want to know. That's a pretty major what, plot point. In <laughs> they want. Yeah, because they're, they're trying to figure out what his favorite food is, I think, or something. Yeah, they, well, like, they want to, the yeah. right, his birthday's coming up and they want to give him like a birthday cake that he'll enjoy. And I guess he's like very private or something. That's what I remember. Yeah. He, he, yep. Like, I kid you not, like so many, so many memories are just coming back to me while watching this. <laughs> I you know then, what's funny yeah. is that now that you're describing this, I also remember this because I was thinking, <laughs> doesn't it have to do something with like, they are trying to give him a gift or something? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Very memorable. Very memorable episode. So you know, the last episode we watched for the show was kind of a, an homage to Star Trek VI. And I think I really liked that episode. I think, Brady, you, you enjoyed it too, though, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. 
It's my, probably my not as much as you, but it was it was yeah. it was a good good episode of Star Trek. I feel. Yeah, it was my my favorite Enterprise episode we've watched, um, and so now we're watching this one. And you know, I I think that like it's important to like when we're talking about Star Trek, sometimes we have to like kind of really kind of circle back to kind of like the core like premise of Star Trek, and you know, it's talking about like some of the big issues of the day like through like a sci-fi lens. And so you know, this episode really gets into like that age-old question of what if you went camping and got scared. <laughs> I do want to say though, this is in my memory definitely not the worst episode. You have worse episodes. Oh, to we've, seen, no. oh, <laughs> we've sure. seen worse episodes for the show, for sure. For sure. There is, is, there is one that that is like imprinted into my mind. It's called A Night in Sick Bay. <laughs> my okay. my brother so what's funny is that I've seen probably I think the first two seasons, I know I've seen the first two seasons of Enterprise. I've probably seen maybe a couple episodes into the third season, but I haven't gotten to their weird like temporal Cold War crap. But my brother really liked Enterprise and even he is like a night in sick bay, man. It's so bad. (laughs) So if that comes up on your list, my condolences. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we we definitely have watched worse ones. There, there's uh, like one one of the ones we watched for uh, of Enterprise is probably like like given given like taking into account like cultural norms of like different time periods. The worst episode we've watched for the show. It's it's extremely like sexist and homophobic. Like it's but it's like it came out you know much later than say like the sexist episode of the most sexist episode of TOS that we watched. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so there's definitely yeah. some rough some roof, roof stoof but so yeah the the uh the memory alpha description for this one is an enterprise landing party believes to is conspiring with a species of rock creatures on a strange class m planet uh <laughs> and uh, this this episode kind of before we get into the description it was written by uh mike sussman phil strong rick berman and brandon braga and it was directed by david livingston so uh if, as we said this is like very very early in the the, the run of the show kind of the third yeah. like regular episode of it so uh brady why don't you take us into the description uh and, and so yeah. feel free to interrupt uh nicole and caitlin too we, we yes we, please Keep it very loose. Interrupt here. frequently. Um, so, so yeah. So the, this episode starts with Enterprise basically just rolling up on a planet, and Archer decides let's just all go down there for no particular reason. Yep. Like this looks like a a well. And I think this might be the episode where we find out where the term M-Class comes from. Because that's a term that's like used throughout Star Trek is is they'll call things an M-Class planet, which is basically like similar enough to Earth that it can support life. Like it has an atmosphere that's breathable and the same rough like climate and those sorts of things. Um, And it apparently that's just a Vulcan classification that they call them Minchara class planets and that sort of got adopted. Yeah, um, I don't know that they like so say what Minshara like is. No, no, Tapol just basically so. says like Minshara means that it has it, it can support life. That's mm-hmm. yeah. That's just it. Yeah. Yeah. And so Archer gets like all the humans on the ship get real excited to go down there and Tapol is like, let's take just a minute and like send a probe and make sure that nothing down there is gonna kill us. And the humans are all just like, No, we can't wait. Why are you so lame? We have to go down there right now (laughs) stop being stop being logical and reasonable we want to go have fun dang it yeah at which point i I basically decided that i they just pretty much deserve whatever happens to them (laughs) (laughs) during this episode like not yet knowing what's going to happen to them like well whatever it is they they kind of deserve it at this point um also (laughs) also at this at, at one point during this part of the episode first of all i learned 
maybe for the fourth, first time or the fifth, who knows, that <laughs> that Mayweather, who never gets anything to do, is apparently the helmsman, because they just, you just never know anything about him. And then, because that, because Archer says to him, I like the look of the northern continent. See if you can find somewhere good to set down. Like, somewhere, like, can you find anywhere on this <laughs> on entire the continent to land a ship? <laughs> like, you know, that, it seems like you'd be doing a pretty ja- bad job if you couldn't. It's funny, but. too, that you mentioned Mayweather, because, like, I, I, I going into this, I was like, Wow, I don't fully remember all of the characters. Like, I remember, um, I remember Hoshi. I remember T'Pol. I remember Archer. Obviously, he was like, as I was looking at people, he was like literally the character that I was like, I forgot that you existed entirely. Like the security, That's the totally British security guy. Yeah. I was like, oh right, right, right. And then I was like, the, the oh my guy. gosh, you have been completely erased from my memory. He's he's like the Harry Kim of the show, but like way worse. Way even worse. like there's a there's a scene in this one where he gets to tell like a ghost story and it is like not not an exaggeration like he says more things in that this one episode <laughs> than he has said in all the other episodes we've watched for the show combined. Okay, question. Is the story he's telling as the ghost story just the plot of a different Star Trek episode? Because it really felt like it could be. I think so. <laughs> I, I thought I don't think so. I thought originally that it was going to be how um the, I think the problem is Caitlin that like when I was watching, I thought this might be the plot of how they stumbled upon um, Khan in the original series. But of oh, course, that yeah. happens way after chronologically um, Enterprise happens. So right. I don't think so. And in fact, I thought it was a little bit silly that he was telling that ghost story. I'm sorry to get ahead of you, Brady, because you're not no, even no, 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 it's just, this is I thought it was funny that he was even telling that ghost story because I'm sitting there like um, the Enterprise is like the first real exploration vessel that humans have created. Where on earth is this yeah. happening? Like your ghost stories <laughs> have to be like at least minimally believable. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And so so they all like go down on this basically on a camping trip. Like a few of them are trying to do some mostly to Paul is trying to do some research projects and everyone else just kind of goes to frolic on this planet that just looks like outdoor earth basically yeah. California and yeah. Just, yeah and they're in like literal like tents that you would camp in like I don't know yep. Starfleet ran out of their budget or something <laughs> you could just buy them at Target yeah <laughs> well yeah this okay this is like this is another thing of I, you know I think I even I sent you guys an image before we watched this episode where I was kind of complaining about how sometimes the show just has no it just they must not have had any money because you know there's another, there's another episode we watched where they they're like at a at basically like their version of NASA and there's just modern 2000 2002 era desktop computer <laughs> monitors that they're using. Yeah. And, and, this and is there's like, like two thing. of them like, oh. on a table. And like that's... <laughs> yeah. That's the like mission control. Yeah, and they're like labeled mission control, like almost as almost like in the old Batman uh, TV <laughs> show, like where everything has like a label. And yeah, and this one, yeah, it's I, I yeah, it's like t- tent. These are just tents. Like they're not they're, they're that's all they are. They're just a tent you could buy at Target, and probably that's what they did. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I was like, oh, this is going to be a really cheap episode. But then I think they probably spent their whole budget on CGI for this episode. <laughs> on that really bad matte painting of the. Uh, <laughs> of, of like the the background that one person is like looking at yeah, <laughs> yeah. um yeah the, the other thing when they land on the planet that i really enjoyed just like a, a great little 
moment is um, one of them, I think it's probably uh, Trip, like pulls out a, a camera to take a group <laughs> picture of like them all on the planet and they all kind of pose together. And Archer does the, the like high school student, like weird, no contact side hug to the pole where he like starts to put his arm like around her without touching her and then just kind of like awkwardly pulls it back and smiles and they take the picture. And it was like, that's adorable. That was great. And so I, I did, when Sarayan and I were texting a little bit, I think it was when I was asking you, like making sure that I that I had the right episode because of what you were saying, because the, the I think this is another show where the pilot was technically a two-parter. And so it, it shows up as like one episode on Netflix. So I, I was texting Ryan to make sure I was watching the right episode. And I was just like, I've pa- so far I've paused it, I think three times in the first five minutes just to write the note humans are idiots over and over on my <laughs> computer <laughs> just making sure this is the right one because they also so archer has a a pet dog yes <laughs> that just kind of like romps freely around the ship that again they're landing on a completely alien world that they've done the, the only research they've done is to like make sure the atmosphere is breathable and they just open the door of the shuttle and let the dog just like bound off of the shuttle completely <laughs> like not on a leash or anything <laughs> it's just like uh they're they're really idiots <laughs> <laughs> yes accurate they're cowboys yeah I don't I don't know like how much you know about the background of the the enterprise being set off into space but there is a lot of angst between humans and Vulcans at this point and it yeah. definitely shows in this episode and it it's almost a little bit unfortunate that you haven't seen the pilot of this because I think that in a lot of ways this episode ends up being like microaggressions against Vulcans the episode yeah and I like I don't I don't want to justify them being microaggressive to T'Pol because it's obviously not okay um, and it reminds me very much of an episode of the original series where they do something very similar with Spock once they um, meet Romulans but like at this point they've had first contact they've had a lot of dealings with the Vulcans and he Humans kind of have this perception that the Vulcans are like controlling and holding them back. And so it doesn't surprise me at all that they get to this planet and they're like super excited. Like this is like their first real human built space exploration mission. And they get there and they're just like, you're just the party party pooping Vulcan telling us we can't have fun things. We're going to go do the fun things. And I absolutely agree. Like to pull is right. One thousand percent. All of this could have been avoided had they done all of this. But I think the human's perspective is that like Vulcans are too, too like, like in in entrenched in procedure that sometimes it gets in the way of them actually getting things done and especially when it comes to like space travel so I don't know if that's helpful at yeah. all, but it, yeah. in in fairness to not, I think obviously they should listen to to Paul, but there is a moment where they're kind of like, oh man, it's so exciting, we get to our first class M planet, and she's like, yeah, I've been to like eight or whatever. NBD. Once you've seen one, you've seen them all. Yeah. <laughs> Every all she's like, it's weird, but no matter where you go, it looks like some random place in California. That's right. Uh, yeah, I I do say I do think it's unfortunate that Tucker ends up being like 
like the vessel for a lot of the microaggressions and, and anger in this episode because kind of like how when we watched Eureka for Wait, you mean Trip, right? Yes. Yeah, that's his last name is Tucker. Is his, is his last name Tucker? His last name is Tucker. Yeah. I like looked it up because I was like, what is that guy's name again? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, kind of like how when we watched Eureka for our podcast and you saw that one lady and were like, I don't remember why, but I don't like her. <laughs> and t- he is, Trip is not actually evil, but I saw him and I was like, that guy. Like, <laughs> What's really I don't remember too? you, but I remember not liking you. They, he yeah, and Sapol have a very <laughs> weird relationship that goes on for a very long time. Yes. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. We, he we also about seems this. to like really have a problem with personal space. I feel like there were just multiple shots in this episode where like he was even before he got like psychotic that he was like <laughs> right up in her face. Like well, it just seemed uncomfortably close to me. I don't know why this guy is in space because he's all like excited to be on this planet, like clearly homesick, and he's like, "It's been so long since I've slept under the stars," and I'm like, "Dude, you literally sleep under the stars <laughs> every night. You're on a spaceship." <laughs> Yeah, and what's funny too is he's he's the engineer. What what does he need to be doing on this planet? Yeah, well, it, I, we we talk we talk about this sometimes that there is a degree, a degree to which I think every Star Trek show at one point or another it feels like try, kind of tries to like chase the dragon of the original series where like the original series has this like very core like three person dynamic of Bones and Spock and Kirk and and I think that like you know they they approach that in different ways sometimes they just kind of well we'll, we'll kind of like keep sort of the the three person like dynamic or or and we'll we'll kind of include some bits of some of the characters and some not other times they try to make it like a little bit more specific like I, I would say like in this in this show it, it does seem like like Archer is like the most Kirk like of any of the captains besides Kirk on any of the shows and then you know he's got a first officer Vulcan character and then he's there you know, it's not the doctor this time it's the engineer but he has kind of like this kind of like folksy doesn't trust Vulcans kind of likes to you know know what they you know kind of I believe what I can see sort of like southern character and, and so like I feel like that's it's kind of like it's trying to stab back at this thing that worked so well the first time and I think that this show in particular does a lot of that stuff and it just I I just don't think it works yeah. <laughs> a lot of the you time. Know, I don't even know why. It's just like they don't have that that sauce. No, that's know? that. I actually hadn't thought about that. But comparing Trip to being like a Bones character is really interesting. I think you're onto something there. And it's it's interesting, too, because like the reason that Bones can get away with it is that you have Bones on one end and Spock on the other, and they clearly do have a relationship with each other. But Spock is very much a logic person and Bones is very much an emotion person. But like also tied with the fact that part of it is that he actually does have a lot of empathy for people. And I think the problem is, is that yeah. you have you have T'Pol, who is all logic, and you have Trip, who is supposed to be emotion but weirdly the one with the empathy is also to paul so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you know it's like it's like i can't get behind this because at least with bones like he genuinely cared about people and some of that was him being a doctor here it's just like trip 
Just stop being a psychopath. Go back in your corner and mind your own business, sir. Uh, I also think, and I have not seen very much of the original series, but like there's generally respect for Spock. Like he's, he's, he doesn't have the same like animosity or like deck stacked against him that T'Pol does in this show. And it was weird watching this because one of the things I distinctly remembered is like, ah, they just like, they don't, they just go after T'Pol for so long in this show. And T'Pol is, is such a, a relatable character especially in this episode by far the most relatable character in this episode and the, everyone else on the ship has a problem with her for no reason yeah and like <laughs> i said the i think the the thing that you're missing of, of course in, yes. in all of this is that before this episode there is like this whole long history of like animosity between humans and vulcans and it is being unfairly projected onto topol who i think is like she was specifically chosen for this because they thought she would be compatible with humans and like you know sometimes she can't can be a little bit like overly rigid. Yes. But overall, T'Pol is like a very smart person. She does care about people. It's just in typical Vulcan way, she's not going to emote about it. And the humans are all being little sociopaths, assuming <laughs> that the only way you can care about a person is if you show all of your emotions on your face all the time. And it is very frustrating. I totally agree with but that. But I guess we should let you finish summarizing the episode. Yeah, I'm sorry. So sorry. <laughs> no, this no, is no, usually, usually this is the, how we, the summary this is how we do it. pretty this much like takes up the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We get to the end and be like, well, we kind of talked about it all. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, we, we can at least, I'll at least get to the, like the main what happens in the episode. Um, so so they they decide to spend the night on the planet and then kind of as night falls, this crazy windstorm picks up. And so they they go from, from being in these uh, like nylon target, target tents. tents. Yeah. Um, to, to sheltering in like a nearby cave that they had found. Well, they have to leave because they found because Tucker found a space scorpion. Yeah, that's right. There was like his, a, uh, a big earwig tent. in his uh, in his sleeping bag. That, uh. So I, I, sometimes, like I play a game with myself when I watch the Enterprise episodes of like how wh- how long could you watch an episode of Enterprise without realizing that it was set in space. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it's longer than you would think a lot of the time. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. And so they, yeah, I do remember the, the one episode where they were just like going down to like a basement and they were just using like normal light bulbs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just like, okay. But, but yes, yeah, so they go uh, shelter in this cave and then the various uh, humans kind of slowly start to see things like they start to see either like people or kind of creatures and and are kind of feel like they're not alone and start going and chasing them one of the the scientist people that had come with them who is named Novakovich like sort of runs out into the woods to to try to figure out what's going on and then the rest of them start seeing these kind of figures in the caves that are always sort of just out of sight or they see eventually they start to see like rock people kind of coming out of the walls and and then they and to Paul keeps telling them, no, you're not seeing anything. There's nothing going on. And they start to get more distrustful of her than they already were. And then one of them thinks that she sees to Paul actually talking to uh, someone else, to these other figures in the caves. And then it kind of blows up into this whole situation where Tucker and to Paul sort of holding guns to each other. And Tucker's convinced that to Paul's going to betray them all to these rock people and destroy Enterprise. And to Paul's kind of trying to talk him down. And meanwhile, what 
the the doctor back on Enterprise is discovering is that there's a sort of a neurotoxin that's being sort of circulated by this windstorm that's making them all become paranoid and and have these hallucinations and and so uh, but they still can't because the winds are too high they can't send anybody down there to kind of collect them and bring them back um, and so then Archer has to sort of convince Tucker over just over the the communicator to calm down to put his weapon down and to take this antidote that will counteract the the effects of this toxin well i I think think the only important thing you missed is the first ever use of the transporter to transport a human right i don't think that was the very first time yeah i think i i I was trying to remember because i so i've seen and again it's been equally long i think it was when it was on tv but i had seen just like the first like the pilot of Enterprise. And I think, because that was a, a plot point of Enterprise, right? Is that they, they had the transporters and they would use them for like... Cargo. Transporting cargo, but they weren't like precise enough to transport living things. Except when they like really needed to, they could try to. Yeah. I feel like, Caitlin, I... I That's a cool... That was a cool part when that happened. I don't know yeah, if it happened in like the three episodes before this. It's, yeah, it's been a while, but I vaguely remember them making like a huge deal of them transporting a human for the first time because they're like, this is super... Yeah, I think they may have done it like at like the climax of the pilot or something. Yeah, so I I guess it's not the first time. But I was like, while watching this, and they like struggled to like land. I was like, huh, I wonder why they're not just like transporting them up. And then I was like, oh, they're new. The transporters are new. The transporters are (laughs) new, and they're kind of janky. And let's be honest, if you've seen the original series, they're always janky. (laughs) Like they're not wrong, man. Yeah. So in this, they they try to transport up um, Novakovic because he's sort of out in the woods and they end up basically there's like again because it's kind of collecting all this extra debris he transports up with like leaves and stuff inside his skin that they then have to try to save him from yeah and so eventually archer is able to convince eventually tricks trip into and tells him okay like you have to promise me that that you'll listen to me but and then makes up this story that oh yes the rock people are real but they're you know we're trying to we're trying to develop like a relationship with them and depaul's the only one that they'll talk to so i need you to put your gun down or else they'll get very angry and then trip puts his gun down and then that allows DePaul to set her phaser to stun and stun him, which then really all that does was made me wonder why she didn't do that the whole time. I, so I was kind of wondering that too until this moment. And I think what happened is she didn't realize how bad it was when she had a phaser. And then like when Trip kind of like snapped, he immediately got rid of her. He immediately took her phaser away. And then at, at some point she was able to get it back, but they were in like a stalemate. But then and they were she in knew of that he had his not set to stun as far as I could tell. So yeah, because it is also... So the the toxin is also affecting T'Pol, but to a lesser extent. Mm-hmm. So she's she's a little bit more kind of on edge as much as a Vulcan can be. She kind of reverts back to she's talking in Vulcan instead of in English. And so so Hoshi, who's the ship's sort of communications officer, um, is the only one that can communicate talk back and forth with her. And so you can so she's also like not completely with it, but they trust her to be kind of pull it together enough to know to put her phaser on stun and stun him and then i think she then mayweather who's sort of just been kind of laying in a corner tries to get up and stop her and she does just does a a vulcan nerve pinch on him which again just brings up the like well why did she really never have the opportunity until right now to (laughs) to incapacitate all these humans but yeah yeah 
I, I can only assume that she's trying to reason with them because yeah, maybe so. like yeah. she's used to Vulcans who can be reasoned with. And she, cause she very much just keeps saying like, you know, the sensors show this and that's not reasonable and you're being unreasonable. So I think yeah, like- I think it's, it, it definitely, I totally agree with that. And I also got the impression that T'Pol is like, I am here on a ship where everyone hates me because I'm a Vulcan. So I have to be as- Above like, reproach. Uh, yes, as above reproach. I can't just reproach. go and like stun the whole away team and come back being exactly. like they were acting crazy what did you exactly. want me to do exactly exactly yeah. yeah and like in later episodes when they trust her more you know she she would definitely be able to say like yeah i'm sorry i didn't nerve pinch them all they were acting weird um but here it definitely feels like she she is trying very very hard to be as gentle about things as possible it's just that they have so much hostility against vulcans mm-hmm. and this is only increased by the fact that they all got dosed with lsd yep that, you know <laughs> It's it's just not enough, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I did not like this episode very much, but I did kind of like I like I liked like when they transported the guy back and he had all those leaves in in him. I thought that was like a a like a, a cool like effect and and then i liked i liked it a little bit more like once they revealed like what was going on and then you kind of so you have like that scene where where like flox is feeling bad that he you know maybe let this guy die on accident although it ends ends up that he doesn't he doesn't end up dying but then and and then like i I do think that that scene where archer has to figure out how to trick like a trick trip into like doing what he needs him to do like Mm -hmm. I, i was like that's like a that's like a good bit of like star trek coming up with with like a way to talk out of a violent uh, right. confrontation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciated that Archer, like, and I guess they had the knowledge of knowing from uh, the guy who got beamed up that there was like a toxin in the situation. But I appreciated that Archer, like, never for one moment actually entertained the weird plot that Trip had come up with, where Tapal yeah. was right. going to right. betray yeah. them exactly. all for for profit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's so. I'm I'm curious. Have have any of you seen the episode that I was referencing in the original series where they meet Romulans for the first time? No, I yeah, have, but it's, it's been, been a, it's, it's been a long time. Same though. for me. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. Because I felt like, but I that do remember it kind of being that better version of this episode. <laughs> Yeah, because I do remember sort of when they first the screen first comes on and it shows that Romulans look just like Vulcans. Everyone gets like s- super distrustful of Spock. Right, and I think that that episode oh, yeah, is yeah, really yeah. interesting because at that point, like there is much better relationships between humans and Vulcans and Spock is like a very well regarded member of a ship and everything and yet because like people get scared and they get paranoid they start distrusting him for no reason and then they get to the very end and it turns out like no obviously Spock was like on your side the whole time why would Spock ever help be secretly a Romulan helping the Romulans that's just insane but like you know it felt like they're trying to do something similar here except that it's a little bit undermined by the fact that like nobody has a relationship with T'Pol so everyone just hates her and now they hate her more because they're all tripping and it, it was just yeah I, I it, like here's the thing I really wanted them to get to the epi- episode and like all grovel at T'Pol's feet and be like we are so sorry this happened you were absolutely right we should have done a study on the planet we shouldn't have just gone down there but at the end Trip was just like man T'Pol I'm sorry that I almost killed you and she's like it happens and that was it <laughs> yeah it, it is kind of like he, he wakes up and he's like what happened and she's like well I had to stun you because you were being nuts and then he was basically like I don't know man I was just really high. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> he, he 
does at least say, like, oh, I was hoping that was just a bad dream. But then he doesn't, like, yeah, I think so. follow that it, up. It, and, and, like, Archer yeah. should have told to Paul, like, I'm really sorry. You were yes. you were right. We should have followed yeah. those procedures. <laughs> None and of we this were should just, ever have happened in the first yeah, place. Yeah, we were just really excited to get to our first planet and... But, like, you know, you were right all along. Like, I think I would have enjoyed the episode more if there had been some sort of, like, catharsis to the whole distrusting T'Pol. But really, it was just, like, you as the audience were vindicated for thinking T'Pol was great the whole time. But nobody else acknowledged that. So I, yeah. I am curious because I either through vague memories or good guessing, like, almost immediately knew, like, oh, they're all hallucinating this. But for you guys, did you, was there a question in your mind further along the episode? Did you think there was? the possibility of actual aliens or rock people or whatever like i was kind of wondering if we were supposed to or not especially because because right like we you know even though we haven't seen like all of enterprise like sort of know that t'pol is obviously like one of the good guys one of the main people in the show but if it's only like the third episode of the series do we also like not know if we can trust her or not and like is i was wondering if there was supposed to be that question for the audience too but i feel like they make it pretty clear pretty fast that the humans are being like paranoid like more irrational than usual right especially with the with i think with the with the other guy that runs off and gets Mm -hmm. beamed up that like something's very wrong yeah if nothing else they they like almost every time you see what the humans are hallucinating it actually looks different like when they're outside it looks like other members of the crew when they're near rocks it looks like rock people uh when they're conferring with t'pol they have like blue skin so that kind of is maybe a tip off Mm Yeah. Yeah. Once, yeah. One, once, like the question became, "Are they real or is to Paul Lyon?" I was like, "All right, well, they're not real." You know, like. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I I agree with that. I think I was I was pretty sure pretty early on that everyone was just tripping, mm-hmm. but um, I guess there was like maybe a little bit of doubt. But yeah, once once she sees T'Pol with the quote unquote aliens, just like oh yeah, obviously this is gonna be. And I think especially since the episode sets up pretty early on that like there is going to be a conflict between what T'Pol thinks that they should do and what the humans want to do. Mm-hmm. That's going to be resolved at the end. What I did actually think was really interesting is that. At the very beginning of the episode, they show them coming to this planet, but they show it from the perspective of like a few just completely random crew members. And those are crew members that happen to be on the mission and then also don't matter. Like Wait, at which, all. Which, which ones are you talking about? The the like the lady the bug lady and then the guy who gets sick like they yeah because the the opening of the episode actually, is but they could but they could have been interchangeable with literally like if you had not had that opening scene it would not have affected your yeah because it makes it seem like it's gonna be like it starts really from especially like her perspective I feel like the yeah because she's like um, trying Vulcan cuisine and then she like tries to be a little bit chummy yeah. with a pole and then they're like oh it's not worth it and the way they set it up is almost like at the end she's gonna be on to pole side and T'Pol's gonna be like hey I really appreciated you having my back back there but nope she's the one who hallucinates her talking to the aliens and then she basically yeah. just passes out. Well I have a little bit about that actually the, uh, that's so I think that the guy that who again what what is his name it's like a Russian name or something right? Uh, like, yeah I already. Novakovich. Novakovich or something yeah. like that. Yeah okay and so I think that he he might be so much in this because as like a remnant of of an old of, of like the original script they were going to kill him at the 
again. And he it would have been like a big deal because mm-hmm. he would have been the first person to die on the ship. Gotcha. And then they decided not to. So the woman, though, Cutler, actually is not just a, a random character. She is in multiple episodes of the show. She's in three episodes of the show. And she was going to be in more. And then the actress died of like a brain hemorrhage or something. Um, oh, no. So... Oh. So I should say I should say uh, what the actress's name is is uh, Kelly Waymire. So the 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 act the uh, the character's name is Elizabeth Cutler. She's the entomologist, so she studies uh, bugs. And this is her first episode. It's not the first episode of Enterprise that we've watched with her in it, though. Uh, she apparently is also in uh, Two Days and Two Nights. Um, Brady, the really, really? The bad, the, yeah, the one we were talking about. That's really really bad. Uh, she and then there's one other episode she's in where you find out that she is. Ha- she is romantically interested in uh, Dr. Flox. And so she was intended to be like, kind of like, not like a regular character, regular character, but kind of like a Barclay type of thing from yeah. like TNG where like she just pops in. Just one of like there. other people on the crew. Yeah. Yeah. So like Ogawa but then it ended one. up not happening because uh, the actor died. Wow. Gosh, yeah. um, I mean, that does that does make a little more sense, but it does seem a little weird that they use this as the, the opportunity to introduce her. And then basically she just goes down to the planet and passes out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting you said that about Novakovich because when he starts saying like, oh, I have a headache, I was like, I don't recognize this guy. So I'm just going to assume that he's going to die in this episode. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Because everyone else, there was at least some level of like, oh, that face is familiar. But I was like, who's this guy? (laughs) (laughs) So, but I guess it means a little more when it's like literally the fourth episode or the third episode of your first ever space mission. If you kill someone off, then like the randos who get killed off in later, in earlier made, but later chronologically series. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Well, is there anything else that any any notes you guys took that you want to make sure Um, that uh, we talk about? I mean, they said something about how the toxin works because it ejects a straight neutron, and that's just hot nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I have four things. I think T'Pol is right with many question marks. So many Vulcan microaggressions. I thought it was funny because I forgot that they called pilots boomers. And so at one point they're like, "Okay, boomer." I was like, Wait, what? Well, I think no, I think that's a. Yeah. I did look into. That's an actual. It's like what they call the generation that like was born after space travel existed or something like okay. that, right? I still yeah. thought it was funny because they're like, "Okay, boomers." But yeah, it's like, it's. What? I think that is a fun thing because it's it's like a it's still a generation, but for them the boomers are like okay. the like the young generation. That that, that know that <laughs> That's like right. I, I don't respect that there their was elders. A reason for it, but I was sitting there like, wait, what? Yeah, um, it's someone who had been stray neutron. It's no. someone who was born in space. Okay, that makes that makes sense. But the fact that they said okay, boomers, yeah, yeah. Was, uh, was very amusing delightful. to me. <laughs> yeah, I had the exact same reaction about the dog. Even though the dog is one of the things I remember fondly from the series, because I watched it as a thirteen-year-old girl who, at the time, wanted to be a veterinarian, so I was all about that beagle. I am now watching it as an adult, like tramping around on this planet, and I'm like, it's destroying <laughs> ecosystems. What's wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, Data does have a cat in TNG, but I don't think that the, that Spot ever leaves the ship, though. Uh, apparently, so. there is also a cat in Discovery, a thing I learned from the new trailer for the next season. Yep, so yep. that is it's exciting, a, yeah, too. In season, in season three, they introduce that, the yeah. cat, yeah. Yeah, 
Uh, and then Hoshi was like my favorite character from Enterprise. So there was not nearly enough Hoshi in this episode for me. Yeah, Hoshi's great. I think that's I been remember... the case with every Enterprise episode. Though. <laughs> yeah, we're, yes. we're always okay. kind of like, oh, what's her deal? She seems like kind of cool. And then they just never, you know. I want to say that Hoshi has made one of the most reasonable suggestions that anyone has ever made. And no one ever followed up on it. And it was in the very first episode of Enterprise when um, Archer is like trying to recruit her. And she's like, reluctantly, fine, I'll help you with your dumb space stuff and she gets on the ship and she's like there are no seat belts and he's like uh we'll add those and i was like no okay a she is right and b you never add them so yeah Yeah. um the, the other thing i noticed in this episode um so at the end like to inject them with like an anti-venom's not the right word but like an anti-LSD basically it's like the the narcan of space drugs (laughs) um so T'Pol uses this like essentially an air injector which I think I just associate in my mind with like sci-fi things but I learned very recently that air injectors were a real thing until the 90s like it's a different method of like vaccine deployment basically and I guess you can do some other things but like instead of having a needle they have like this gun that just like uses pressurized air to push the vaccine through your skin into you Mm. they were commonly used for like mass military vaccinations in like the 50s 60s 70s kind of thing and the reason Mm. they stopped using them is because when even though there's no needle used so there's not like a part that is interchangeable when they push the air through sometimes a little bit of your blood comes back out and so they can't guarantee that there's not going to be any cross-contamination between people so they stopped using them in the uh, 90s when they were like oh no bloodborne pathogens but she was using that and i was like yeah air injectors <laughs> uh, i just learned about those uh, but also she does not do the logical thing to do which would be to inject yourself you know pull down your own air mask and put it over your right, mouth before you first. save your fellow crewmate so she Caitlin, was- i think that just shows how much she's been affected she's not yes. even acting logically exactly <laughs> I, I interpreted that as that because they say that the the humans are so much more susceptible to it that she was kind of just like, well, I should just do them quick first just emerging. because like they're closer to dying. Than yeah. I and I was I just thinking, was... look, girl, if you pass out before you finish, this isn't going to be good. Yeah. That's, true. <laughs> um, That's true. I will say, I, I mean, the, again, this episode brought up a lot of memories and I, I am not motivated to just start watching Enterprise again because I remember some real stinkers out there. And I was describing one to my brother who watched this episode with me and we were trying to look up which one it was. And he was like, oh yeah, that one's in the first season. And I was like, that one was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what episode is it? It's the one, I now I'm forgetting the title of it, but it's the one where they run into like this weird like sect of Vulcans who like they believe that they should kind of have some emotions. And so they like tell T'Pol like, oh, you shouldn't like do your meditation tonight so you can dream. But really that like guy ends up like trying to force a mind melt on her her and like it's just really sketchy and like that's basically all I remember about it but I was like that was just like a bad episode like there was nothing yeah. good about it <laughs> yeah it's it's interesting that you bring that up because I know that there is a lot more of like backstory behind Vulcan mind melds and why not all Vulcans a can do them and will do them right and that's interesting but like some of it is not handled well yet. yeah yeah Well, and yeah, it it just, what I told my brother is I was like, my memory of Enterprise is that they were trying to be like racy and push the envelope, but like they were just very bad at it. Like, and it just came across as like, yeah, yeah. But at least they have a good theme song. (laughs) Yes. I would say the the theme song slaps and I, 
<laughs> I am motivated to look up the episode that I remember most fondly and watch that because I it Hoshi has like a pretty big role in it and I was like I just remember this one scene and I just want to like look that up and watch that one so <laughs> <laughs> Well, I got I got more excited to watch Enterprise recently. I won't I won't for a while because I'm I'm finishing DS9 and then I think my wife and I are gonna start watching Voyager and then and then we'll watch Enterprise probably after that. But I did get I did get more motivated to watch Enterprise recently because I found out that Jeffrey Combs, the guy who plays uh, there's a clone character named Wayun in in several episodes of DS9, is also uh, pops up several times on Enterprise as uh, the Andorian named Shran, who we have not who we have not seen in any of our episodes yet, but is like a I think mostly in the second half of the show. But like there's like an Andorian who they they see a lot on on the show who I was like oh this guy rocks like he's he's so good in, in yeah, DS9. Yeah, if, like, if it's who I'm thinking of, yeah, he's really he's a good character. Yeah, so uh, that made me excited that I get to see more more Jeffrey Combs at some point in the future. But all right, well I think that if that's it. You know, thank you everybody for listening. Um, we come out every other week. Um, we're as we're part of the Kaleidoscope uh, Media Network. With uh, there's there's us, and then there's also uh, our fine folks here from That's Not How Science Works. And we have a couple of other uh, uh, sh- shows on the network too. There's Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast, and there's Wizard Studies, which is about Harry Potter. And uh, before I kind of give our our where can you find us details, Nicole and Kate, I want you guys to talk a little bit about a little more about your show, where you can listen to it, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, so if you want to find out more about our show, you can go to our website, that's not science.com. We have a little page for each of our episodes where we have links to things that we discuss in the episode or um, things that we researched. Yeah, we like like I said earlier, uh, we we have several TV shows that we have followed the seasons of, but we also we have also done a bunch of different movies. So if you're curious to see what our thoughts are on some of these longer running arcs, we have that. And if you're curious to to see if there's a movie that you've seen that we have covered. We also have those for your enjoyment mm-hmm. as well. I don't know if you have anything else to add, Caitlin. No, I would just agree with all of that, basically. Well, you two have watched a lot of different kinds of movies, too. So, we you have. know, if, yeah. if you haven't watched Godzilla, like, I, I think the most recent one I listened to of, of your show was... Uh, maybe not the most recent, but I did recently listen to an episode you guys did on uh, Mission Impossible Fallout. Yes. So, yep. you know, a little yep. bit different than some other things. But Yep, we've done, like, Mission Impossible. Uh, we've done Interstellar. I really like our Interstellar episode as well, if you want to listen to that one. Um, we did Inside yeah, Out, so we occasionally yes, do children's we did movies. Yes, <laughs> we did do Inside Out with my friend who um, who is a neuroscientist or, or has a PhD in neuroscience. She's not going to med school, but we did Volcano, um, which gave me uh, I don't know if appreciation is the right word, but some knowledge of disaster movies. It was entertaining. Movies. It was bad but entertaining, yeah. Yeah. And as for as for us, you can follow us on Twitter at Contracts. You can email us at outofcontracts at gmail.com. You can visit our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com uh, and we are also on uh, YouTube at uh, as Out of Contracts. As Contracts is spelled C-O-N-T R-E-K-S. And uh, next time, oh, I forgot to say what we're doing next time. So in two weeks, we'll be back. We're back. We're, we do every other week. And in two weeks, we'll be back with the episode called Brothers, which is uh, season four, episode three of Next Generation. And it is not, as I thought before I watched it, <laughs> an episode about Worf's brother. It's actually about something more interesting. So we can watch that and come back uh, in a couple weeks. So thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.